Welcome to Take This Poem Podcast, where we explore the rich, wild things that good poems can do in the everyday lives of ordinary folks. I'm your host, Mary Guidis. Whether you're a longtime poetry lover like I am, or just barely interested, I invite you to take this poem. I hope it amends the soil of your life. In June, I had the privilege of spending a week in the mountains of North Carolina, hunkered down with 20 other literature lovers discussing the work of Wendell Berry, who's truly a treasure in American letters. It was the three hosts of Close Reads podcast, the three lovely hosts who brought us together um, for that week. And Close Reads is, it's like a book club and podcast form and has been a edifying and just crazy fun part of my life. So going to a completely different landscape to hang out with these kindred spirits and add in some feasting, it was like a little nibble of heaven, a little Costco sample. (laughs) So my guest today, Elizabeth Hance, is one of the dear folks that I met there. She's been listening to take this poem and wrote to me offering to come on and talk a little bit about Wendell Berry's poetry. So this is really exciting for me to have this chance to rekindle our conversation about that. Elizabeth grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. She studied communication at Auburn University and now lives in Washington, D.C., where she works in communications and is slowly working on a master's in writing at John Hopkins University. But more than all that, she says a wonderful community is what's kept her in D.C. for over five years now. So you can probably most often find her with a group of friends discussing life, church, books, theology, often hosting these discussions herself or in somebody else's home. She's always been an avid reader and believes stories are one of the most powerful and life-changing mediums we have. She blogs at FindingEloquence.com. I'll share a link to that as well as to the Close Reads podcast in the show notes. Um, And that's where she frequently talks about stories in forms of books, films, TV, etc. What they're teaching her, beauty in the world. She writes about all that and more. And she's recently started trying her hand at writing poetry, which will hopefully make more appearances on her blog soon. That's exciting. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks for participating in my little poetry project. Hi, Mary. It's great to be here. So fun to see your face again. I love this. So I wanted to jump into poetry, but I got a little bit hung up on the part of your bio that talks about this hospitable community of reading and learning. And besides poetry, that's one of my favorite things about being a human on earth is bringing people together (laughs) to talk about big ideas and books. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's been the greatest gift since I moved to D.C., and it's, I would say, a gift that I didn't even know to ask for. Um, Mm. I think looking back before I came here, I was pretty starved for intellectual conversation and community, and um, it's just been, it's really through through my church family that I found this. Um, It thankfully draws a lot of like-minded people, and Mm. it's just, it's it's a weekly thing uh, of that a couple times a week I'm with same people quite often and usually the conversation will turn towards books or theology or some great abstract question of theological import. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are other times that we've actually intentionally gotten together to read. Um, About a year ago, we were, we opened the year 
by reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe out loud together. We're thinking about doing another Narnia Chronicle soon, and just over Christmas, we uh, read A Christmas Carol out loud together, which was a delight. I've heard that some families have that tradition, because it's kind of doable in one evening to read the whole thing. Yes, we did it in two. Um, Okay. But yes, and and yeah, it it made it a little bit more relaxing. Uh, But yeah, it was... a really fun one to read out loud. So yeah. So your church was what brought you together, yes. First, and then books and mm-hmm. talking and all that came out of that. Can I ask what denomination your church is? Because that's another thing really interesting me these days yes, is it's... which <laughs> churches and overlap with the arts more than others, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's um, a Reformed Baptist church in the Reformed Baptist tradition. Um, I think maybe a lot of people would associate that with a bit more of formality and a little bit more opposed to artsy things. But uh, thankfully, I've met quite a few people who um, love to de- to discuss beauty and theology of art, and there's a lot of opinions um, mm-hmm. on it. So it's been a lot of fun to think through it and, and talk through it together and yeah, talk about the books that we're reading and yeah, what's bringing us joy in that area of our lives. So I love it. And you mentioned reading out loud, um, Mm -hmm. which I've talked a lot with poetry about that's its own specific special thing to have the voice and the ear involved, um, especially in person. So what was it like to read novels as adults? You know, usually we think of reading books to kids, but what was it like to be reading an entire thing together? Oh, so much fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think... That I, I mean, when, when I initially suggested it um, for A Christmas Carol specifically, I think I remember getting um, a few funny looks. Mm-hmm. And um, that was interesting to me because I think, I mean, reading stories out loud together and sharing them verbally was one of the primary mediums that they used to be preserved. And so um, I was quick to, to talk about that. Um, yeah. But when we, yeah, we actually did it. And then a year ago too, when we were doing Narnia, that was kind of the first one. We did the Line of Witch in the Wardrobe. Um, and that was something that I had not, I think, I don't think I had done it before then with adult friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really cathartic, really healing, really. Yeah. I mean, because it's a familiar classic that we all loved. Um, and after, especially after coming off of 2020, mm-hmm. um, it felt like, such a gift to just come around this story that we all knew and loved and has so many themes of redemption through running through it. Uh, and it felt, um, very cozy, very yeah. familiar. I picture you with cups of tea all sitting around cozy and listening. We had a fire going. <laughs> oh yeah. Too. Did it you was do the best. Voices and parts or did someone read a paragraph <laughs> and then, or a chapter or how did I'm um, telling you, I'm interested kind of, in all the details. Yeah, of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was um, with with the Narnia books. Um, it was very. It was usually one person would take a chapter, mm-hmm. and then would switch off because those chapters were pretty short. Um, with a Christmas Carol, we kind of just kind of let it go as we mm-hmm. as we wanted to. Whenever somebody got tired of it, they could hand it off to somebody else. And there were some people who definitely did do voices mm-hmm. for the characters, but. Some people were more into that than others. It wasn't yeah. a requirement. So, yeah. Yeah. So fun. I'm proud of you. This is Thanks. bringing back a memory of a college, a friend on my floor in college who read a couple books out loud to me. And we went down 
into the basement, there was a room that had furniture just stored in there. And so we'd like mm-hmm. find a bunk bed, you know, no sheets or anything. And someone get on the top and the bottom. It's just a quiet place, like a high, hidden storage closet. And that's where we mm-hmm. would read books out loud to each other. And it was really special. Yeah. And there was, um, I actually took a trip with several of these friends to the Northeast back in October, which was d- dreamy. Mm-hmm. And one of the most special days, I think, was when me and one of my dear friends um, were sitting in a hammock together overlooking this gorgeous lake and mm. fall colors lining the lake. And we read Anne of Green Gables together. Oh, man. Yeah. I saw some of your pictures that it looked just totally sublime. So totally what I've talked about this before with people. It seems like there is a little barrier of awkwardness in between being quiet and reading poems out loud or reciting out loud or doing that together. So have you ever felt that little bit of like, oh, this is going to be weird to do this or suggest (laughs) this that you have to get over to get to that sweet spot of reading by the lake or does it come naturally to you Mm, I think a little bit at the beginning of both I think with um the line the witch in the wardrobe and a Christmas carol there's a little bit of kind of okay how's this all gonna work because there were Mm -hmm. with each sitting there were a couple it was a slightly different group each time Mm -hmm. so there was a kind of yeah there's usually a little bit of a getting over the hump of, mm-hmm. okay, let's all settle in here and yeah. get used to, because some people are more comfortable reading out loud than others. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but once, but after a couple of minutes, it usually was easy to settle right in. And and then me and my friend who did Anne together um, in the Northeast, we both had been there for all of the reading of The Line, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So it was very okay. easy. Yeah, nice. Um. Kind of like a Zoom call. It's always awkward at first, and then you kind of forget that you're even on it, and it gets more normal. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's get to some poetry. I'm kind of excited because I don't even know which poems you brought. So why don't you um, tell me a little bit about your poetry interest in general? Like, do you read a ton of poets? Do you mostly read berries? So just a little tiny bio of your poetry life, and then specifically... What do you love about Barry? Sure, yeah. Well, I didn't read much poetry at all before 2020. Um, but then I largely credit Wendell Berry's poetry with saving my sanity in 2020. Um, I It was during the pretty intense period of staying at home um, in spring 2020 that I started reading his poetry. And... It was just a lifesaver. I mean, it was a balm to my very anxious heart at that time. And so it came to me at a time that I really needed it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was the starting point for me taking in more poetry. And since then, I have tried to incorporate it into my regular reading a lot more often. Um, And I actually just in 2021, like I've realized that throughout that year, I read more poetry than I ever have. I think like several, Yippee. like in my, yeah, in my favorites list, um, were several volumes of poetry. So that's been really fun to yeah. explore and find new ones that, that I like. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of the background and your podcast okay. and also our friend David Kearns, the daily, the daily poem podcast mm-hmm. have been great helpers. And it's that. been Heidi on so. there most of the time lately. True. <laughs> yeah, fun here in our retreat buddies. 
Okay, so what did you bring? What would be the perfect first poem to share with us today? Well, yes, I think the first one, I went with one called The Peace of the Wild Things, because that was, I think, the first one that I probably read or knew about um, uh, that of Barry's poetry, and it was one of the ones that I kept coming back to um, in 2020 mm-hmm. during that difficult time, so... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it goes like this, the peace of the wild things. When despair for the world grows in me and I awake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water. And I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every time I read that one, I can almost feel my heart rate going, like slowing mm-hmm. down and calming. Because <laughs> um, I'm on a long journey, I think, of learning to recognize goodness and beauty that's right in front of me and the simple things um and I don't know if there's any other writer living that does that for me quite as well as Wendell Berry and that is what that poem does for me um I think it just calls attention to the simplicity and beauty of what's right in front of you and it also is I think it's heavy on scripture callbacks. It really reminds me of Jesus's admonition to consider the lilies of the field and consider the birds of the air because they, they only have today. They know that they only have today. Um, Mm -hmm. and he's Barry seems to say in that, that nature is beautiful every day, regardless of what's coming tomorrow. Um, and for us too, the truth is that we can only live in today fully because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. And that was definitely something I needed to hear um, and be reflecting on when yeah. I first came to this poem. So, yeah, it's beautiful. I actually felt myself calming down in the first few lines. Like today's been a little cuckoo, and mm-hmm. you know the headlines in the news aren't always great, and the local politics aren't always peaceful. But just hearing those first few lines, even I felt like I was coming out of a tent and just yes. seeing the lake and the woods out there, and that yeah, it's amazing. I could feel it physically. Mm-hmm. What else did you bring for us? I love this. Thanks for reading to me. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. It's fun. Um, Yeah, my other one is a little bit bit different. Um, This one is called The Blue Robe, and it goes like this. How joyful to be together alone as when we first were joined in our little house by the river long ago, except that now we know each other as we did not then. And now, instead of two stories fumbling to meet, we belong to one story that the two joining made. And now we touch each other with the tenderness of mortals who know themselves, how joyful to feel the heart quake at the sight of a grandmother, old friend in the morning light, beautiful in her blue robe. And I, it's the same idea of simplicity and joyful stewardship of what you have that's right in front of you, but applied to marriage. 
And I remember being caught off guard when I got to the word grandmother the first time I read it. Um, And I think that's intentional um, on Barry's part. Um, It's a very simple but clever turn in the poem that just really drives home the themes in it of longevity and commitment and being known. Um, And I just, I think it's a really, a clever way of, of driving that point home. And it's, a really simple but really sweet thing to read that like it's these two that have built this life together and they thoroughly know each other now and he describes that beautifully um and then his heart still jumps at the side of her even though she's grandmother now so yeah i'm glad you brought that one because in the novels i mean i just think one thing he does so well is that depiction of long haul human relationships and connections not yes. the romantic first beginnings of them, but the mm-hmm. decades long um, hike through life for better mm-hmm. or for worse with people. Not always romantic relationships or marriages, but, you know, even in the towns that we read about, the little villages where everybody knows each other's name. So it's I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought a poem that managed to reflect that part of his work. I love I love yeah. when he does that. <laughs> yeah, he's big on being committed to each other, um, in marriage, obviously he is very reverential and careful in his writing about marriage, but like as in community as well, um, about seeing each other through the long haul. Um, and that's one thing that he advocates for a lot, like in, and also his advocacy for being committed to your land and your people that are right around you. So, mm-hmm. so I, You've read two, so now I'll take a little time to admit to you and mm-hmm. to anybody else who knows that I was studying Wendell Berry for a week. Before I went and did that, I didn't even feel necessarily overly interested in his writing or poetry. I went to meet people like you, Elizabeth, and to <laughs> hang out with the podcast host. But then there was a big stack of books to read ahead of time. I loved his novels, but still at the end, I felt like the poetry was very lovely, but I like poetry to kind of axe me in the head a little bit and (laughs) blow the top of my head off like Emily Dickinson says and really do some kind of painful work in me and Barry's poetry is so not sleepy just (laughs) quiet and pretty you know but I hear so many people who love it and so this is my chance to ask you like does this poetry cut through to you in the painful way that I like poems to do and it just doesn't for me or do you feel something calm and peaceful from this poetry and that's enough? Like, is beauty and peace enough to make these poems mm. so beloved to you? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in some cases, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I am learning and have been learning for a long time to appreciate quiet slowness the good things that are right in front of me. And that's, again, I don't know of many other writers that challenge me to do that like Barry does. Um, and it, yeah, he challenged me to remember my everyday blessings in his, mm. in his poetry and helps me see beauty where I wouldn't have known to look for it. Um, and sometimes it does actually ax me in the head, like you said, um, <laughs> <laughs> because I think he just, he so elo- eloquently also captures the 
cycle of seasons and life and death and talk and, and talks about eternity in a really um, eloquent way. And he's unflinching also in how he talks about death and the how the land reflects that cycle between life and death. And it, um, I think a lot about um, actually when Jesus talks in John 12 about how unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, um, there, there's no life. Like you have, they, you have to die first for there to be life. And I, I see that a lot in Barry's poetry because so many of his farming and earthy phrases and metaphors um, point to that cycle and um, the truth for Christians, especially that we're called to die and we're called to also trust God with our work and with the things that we've been given. Um, like he, you know, the farmer like Barry is, he plants and plows, but still at the end of the day has to trust that the wind and the rain are going to come and that they're going to do the work. Um, and in the same way, like we're called to faithfulness in our everyday life as Christians and that our little things, our everyday stewardships matter, um, mm -hmm. in, in an eternal way, um, because of Christ. And I think there's, that's a lot of what Barry is trying to get at and with a lot of the imagery that he uses. And that does ax me in the heart. So. Yeah. I did notice that unflinching nature and the grittiness a lot in the novels. And it's now that I've seen it there, and then I go back to the poems. I see it in the poems as well. So that was a really mm -hmm. beautiful way to get to appreciate his poems more by reading those novels. Um, so poetry mm -hmm. doesn't need to be innovative or painful or dramatic to be good <laughs> or have a puzzle that you have to solve. He's so plain. Right. He speaks so clearly. There's light in the words, you know, not a yeah. not to try to untie to figure out what he's talking about. So. Yeah, really, that's something that I appreciate about it, too. He's mm -hmm. he's very forthright in what he's trying to tell you. Mm -hmm. Okay, what else What else have you brought? Yeah, th this one is a very well-known one, and this is one that does ax me for all the reasons that I just talked about. Okay. Um, and for my birthday earlier this year, my friends actually had part of this one engraved on a mirror for me that now hangs mm. in my living room. So, Okay, so you um, do have the best friends ever. They know your favorite lines from poems. <laughs> <laughs> what more can you want? They're pretty great. <laughs> wow. This is Manifesto, the Mad Farmer Liberation Front. And it goes, love the quick profit, the annual raise, vacation with pay, want more of everything ready-made. Be afraid to know your neighbors and to die, and you will have a window in your head. Not even your future will be a mystery anymore. Your mind will be punched in a card and shut away in a little drawer. When they want you to buy something, they will call you. When they want you to die for profit, they will let you know. So, friends, every day do something that won't compute. Love the Lord. Love the world. Work for nothing. Take all that you have and be poor. Love someone who does not deserve it. Denounce the government and embrace the flag. Hope to live in that free republic for which it stands. Give your approval to all you cannot understand. Praise ignorance, for what man has not encountered, he has not destroyed. Ask the questions that have no answers. Invest in the millennium. Plant sequoias. Say that your main crop is the forest that you did not plant, that you will not live to harvest. Say that the leaves are harvested when they have rotted into the mold. 
Call that prophet. Prophesy such returns. Put your faith in the two inches of humus that will build under the trees every thousand years. Listen to Carrion. Put your ear close and hear the faint chattering of the songs that are to come. Expect the end of the world. Laugh. Laughter is immeasurable. Be joyful though you have considered all the facts. So long as women do not go cheap for power, please women more than men. Ask yourself, will this satisfy a woman satisfied to bear a child? Will this disturb the sleep of a woman near to giving birth? Go with your love to the fields. Lie easy in the shade. Rest your head in her lap. Swear allegiance to what is nighest your thoughts. As soon as the generals and the politicos can predict the motions of your mind, lose it. Leave it as a sign to mark a false trail, the way you didn't go. Be like the fox who makes more tracks than necessary, some in the wrong direction. Practice resurrection. Mm. Yeah, that's Wendell Berry a little ragey, and I like it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's angsty, Wendell Berry. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Is be joyful, though you have considered all the facts on your mirror? Is that Yes, that's where it ends. There's a, a good section of it, oh, and okay. that's where it ends. Yeah, that's one of – that's – probably my favorite line that one and practice resurrection are probably yeah. my two favorite lines yeah so good I yes. have my yellow folder over there my notebook that I brought to the retreat and I think that was kind of my motto I came away with was that line be joyful though you've considered all the facts mm -hmm. and I love it feels like either or a lot of times like I can have joy because I ignore reality Right. Or I can face reality and just be completely anxious and miserable. So that mm -hmm. paradox of that um, in that line is definitely good yeah, stuff. I think, mm -hmm. um, yeah, this whole poem is maybe the best uh, cap, like a bit, the best uh, capture of an encouragement and a challenge to live your life now in love and generosity in view of our next life to come. And that, um, because we have a better future ahead if we're, mm -hmm. if we know the Lord, then, um, what we do now matters. Yeah. Um, and we're, I mean, he's telling us to recognize that you're an eternal being and to live as such. And that's that practice resurrection line. That's why that means a lot to me. So. Yeah. I really like the do something every day that won't compute Yes. Also, I feel like that's a modern retelling of what Jesus was saying over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Like, how about you do a good deed and don't talk about it, you know, yeah. or how about you do something <laughs> that isn't for money? Just, um, mm -hmm. I, I love that. Yeah. Are like there love any other... someone who doesn't deserve it? Like, yeah. That make that, I mean, that does make no sense where in our modern world right now, but that is mm -hmm. what we were called to do. Right. Um, Even choosing, like you were talking about the death that's part of life that's built into nature that we see with the seed. I think mm -hmm. that's something that doesn't compute is to choose a life that involves pain or suffering. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't add up in you know, the zeitgeist of the age or really in human instinct to begin with is to try to go yeah. for what's pleasant and comfortable. And so to be asked to give all that up, do something that doesn't mm -hmm. add up is just powerful there's a I hear a lot of gospel threaded in between the lines of this one yeah absolutely I do too and that's one reason that I love it so much and that it axes me <laughs> yeah yeah that's good stuff good chopping 
Um, I did bring one. It's very mm -hmm. small. Did you look at it? I told you the title, but I don't know. The Woods. Oh, I don't think I did, actually. Oh, I just, I, lo I saw the title and was like, oh, good. She didn't pick any of the not... same ones I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only nine lines. I can show you a picture since we're on Zoom. You can uh, see this little tiny. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. So a friend of mine gave this to me, which is one of the reasons that I chose it. It was my friend Sammy, and she texted it or sent a link or something years ago. And so I feel like it's a little present from her. But also lately I've been rather obsessed with repetition and with how it works and why does it come into our brains and our hearts in the ways it does. I'm just fascinated with that. So this is a little, nine little lines and he repeats words a surprising amount in there, like reuses the same word or the same phrase, even though there are so few words to begin with. And that ends up making this just a really entrancing poem to me. Plus, going underneath trees and looking up through them is one of my favorite things. I just turn oh, into yeah. the slack-jawed, you know, child <laughs> looking at the light up through the leaves. It's one of my favorite nature experiences. So I think that's part of what made me love this mm -hmm. one as well. It's called Woods. I part the outthrusting branches and come in beneath the blessed and the blessing trees. Though I am silent, there is singing around me. Though I am dark, there is vision around me. Though I am heavy, there is flight around me. Lovely. So small. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, doing that walking under trees and looking up a lot mm -hmm. when I was in the Northeast back in the fall. Um, oh, I bet. So many pretty colors. <laughs> Those colors and the light coming through. So even mm -hmm. that he chose blessed and blessing trees. So he t chose two adjectives and they're mm -hmm. the same word, almost, you know, receiving yeah. a blessing and giving a blessing. And um, yeah, so this this is a marvel. Very few words, but to me, it captures the transcendent feeling of being underneath the branches like mm -hmm. a little chick under a mother's wing part of the nature but also surrounded by it at the same time yeah and it inspires like the, wonder mm -hmm, yeah. yeah wonder is a good word and kind of like your first poem getting something from nature like going to it for strength or for a reminder of how things really are so if mm -hmm. things seem dark and quiet and heavy but you go out and there's singing and vision and flight all around you in nature. It's a medicinal effect to be yes. reminded of, of those things. So as I mentioned to you, I like to finish with the poem and I know that you have one more, but before that, I would love to hear if you've discovered, you told me two of your favorite books last year were poet, poems, books of poems. So I want to hear more. Mm -hmm. You could share with our listeners, who have you found in your new journey of starting to discover and love poetry that's been resonating with you? Yeah, uh, Malcolm Geit has been um, a great help in this uh, journey of loving poet, learning to love poetry more. Um, I've read several of his in the last year. Um, Gerard Manley Hopkins is another, uh, George Herbert, um, is a classic that I've really enjoyed. Um, and yeah, other classics, Christina Rossetti, Tennyson, Wordsworth, 
those have also been uh, really enjoyable. And thanks to you, one of my favorites of the last year was uh, Lucy Shaw, uh, uh, her volume Accompanied by Angels, uh, which is Poems of the Incarnation. Um, It floored me. Uh, She captures big ideas, incomprehensible ideas. Like she wrestles Mm -hmm. them into words in ways Mm -hmm. that I don't know how. Um, And so I was kind of like you said, slack jawed at a lot of those poems that she wrote about the incarnation had me just thinking about it with so much awe um, in a way that I hadn't before. And then um, Carolyn Weber is an author that I've, uh, she's written some of my favorite memoirs and I only recently found out that she had written some poetry too. And um, so I read a volume of hers. It's called Home Going Poetry for a Season. And that was one of my favorites of the last year as well. Have you tried any that you really didn't like? That I didn't like? books of poetry that just didn't work? I don't think I've encountered any like that yet. (laughs) That's great. You're on a a roll with good ones. Yeah, I love some of the ones you mentioned, Hopkins. And I haven't read much Lucy Shaw other than the poem that I shared during Advent. So I'll have to check that book out. Between Angels, is that what you said? Accompanied by Angels, Poems of the Incarnation. Okay. Writing all this down. Um, okay, so anything else that you want to say or share before we read the last poem, Elizabeth? Are you oh, ready? Just, yeah, I think I'm ready. This has been so much fun, such a delight, and it's great to reconnect and talk about Wendell Berry again. So, so fun. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome, yeah. And uh, this last poem that I'll share is not titled, um, but the volume that I'm reading from was named after it. The volume is called A Timbered Choir, and it's named for this poem. And it's one of the ones that we read together as a group at the retreat back in June. It was one of our morning poems. And for listeners out there, if you go and read this one, um, just try to match the tune of the doxology to it. You might be surprised and find something really fun. So (laughs) it goes like this. Slowly, slowly, they return to the small woodland, let alone. Great trees outspreading and upright, apostles of the living light. Patient as stars, they build in air, tier after tier, a timbered choir. Stout beams upholding weightless grace, of song a blessing on this place. They stand in waiting all around, uprisings of their native ground. Downcomings of the distant light, They are the advent they await. Receiving sun and giving shade, their life's a benefaction made and is a benediction said over the living and the dead. In fall, their brightened leaves released, fly down the wind and we are pleased to walk on radiance amazed. O light, come down to earth, be praised. Part of my vision for Take This Poem was to have it be interactive. I imagined it as a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. So what would that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. You could send me a voice recording of you reading a poem to be included in a mailbag poetry reading. Commenting on the poem is welcome, but optional. Don't be shy. It's the only voice you got. 
What better use for it do you have than reading beautiful words out loud? Also, you could request a poem that you'd like to hear me read and ponder on the show. Or tell me what you've been thinking about these days and I could play literary matchmaker and choose a poem for you. And by the way, I am aware that I have a small but loyal following of youngsters out there and these invitations are all open to them as well. Send any of these or other ideas you have to take this poem podcast at gmail.com and join me in sharing good poems with this little community. I hope to hear from you soon.